You have queued up The Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation recorded at the New York City Concert Hall, Roulette. You can hear thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's past and present and find news of upcoming events celebrating innovation and imagination at roulette.org. Aren't you curious? In this edition of the Roulette Tapes, we hear from guitarist and multi-instrumentalist Elliot Sharp, who has composed for blues and noise bands, electronics and multimedia, and orchestras. Illustrated here with concert excerpts preserved in the Roulette archive dating back to 1987. We begin with a solo from 2018. This is Elliot Sharp.
My name is Elliot Sharp. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, but from age five on lived in White Plains, New York until I finished high school. Studied anthropology at Cornell University for a bit. Went to Bard College where I studied music with Roswell Rudd. I studied with Lejarin Hiller and Morton Feldman. American Studies with Charlie Kyle. That sent me uh, on the path influences, blues, you know, Robert Johnson, Albert King, B.B. King, Jimi Hendrix, Yannis Anakis, huge, huge influence, John Cage, Caroline Stockhausen, I mean, these are all John Coltrane, Albert Eiler, Ornette Coleman, Cecil Taylor, you know, I wanted to play guitar like Cecil Taylor. Hubert Sumlin, you know, I later became friends with and worked with, you know, one of my great guitar heroes. Even before I knew his name, I would hear his licks on those Howlin' Wolf records. And, uh, man, who is that? It's incredible. I never dreamed that I'd get to be buddies with Hubert. He'd come over here and drink coffee and we'd record and hang out, you know. So many, many heroes. You know, when I'm playing a solo on the guitar, I really try to think of the overall narrative arc as a composer, but then to improvise in the moment. It's, it's trying to 
walk that fine line balance between the spontaneous and you know and not composing in the sense that I've set out for myself a plan but I do you know run a kind of comparison of what's happening at the moment with what are the probabilities that could happen over the course of the arc you know as a guitarist and as a composer I've developed a set of gestures that you know I would consider a style individual extended techniques certainly tech standard techniques that I've approached in my own way and I've been doing this for quite a long time I began playing guitar seriously in 1968 and at first trying to emulate people like Jimi Hendrix and Jeff Beck and uh, all the great blues guitarists that I loved from early on from reading John Cage and uh, reading things about Stockhausen and Zanakis trying to get other sounds out of the guitar you know, using extended techniques using preparations I began to think of the guitar back then as an os a set of oscillators six oscillators if it was six strings of course and a resonator and then when you add a guitar pickup into it it, it opens up the system electronics to modulation to processing to feedback when I was developing the Velocity of Hue project, I wanted to cut out everything but the acoustic guitar itself. And so it was then thinking, how do I emulate a lot of these sounds, but without the electronics? Then the second volume of Velocity of Hue was called Quadrature, and I began to add the computer to it and using some filters and some delay. And the computer opened up another world entirely so that I could begin to refract the signal and uh, amplify these resonances. I could filter things to create very narrowly focused bands of feedback. And so it became part of the instrument itself. A, a lot of times what I'll do is detune the low E string until it's extremely slack. And using that with the Ebo, I can find resonances in the room itself. You know, I'm, I'm tuning like way below the normal range of the string, so it's very, very loose. But the Ebo keeps it vibrating. And sometimes I find myself hearing sounds that I have no idea how they're being produced, you know, where the string ends and where the room resonance begins. And when you learn to listen to the room and say, okay, well, the room is allowing me to do this, then it lets you go down certain directions that enhance the sound of the instrument in the room. You're not fighting it, you're, you're working with it like a surfer or you know, some airborne creature.
you know, so much of the collaboration comes out of friendship. You resonate with someone as a person, and it's easy to make music with them. I like the duo situation very much because it's a conversation, and I have so many fruitful duos over the years with Charlie Noyes, of course, with Francis Marie Witte, the cellist, with Carl Stone, with Scott Fields in Germany, David Rothenberg, he and I just released something together. Who else? Many, Christian Marclay, we did a number of uh, duo projects together. It's it's a very Zena Parkins. I mean, I could go, I, I'm opening the door and going down, and of course, there's many, many, many. And not just in the music world, you know, collaborating with my partner, Janine Higgins, with video and music is a fantastic experience. Yeah, I call it socio-acoustics. Again, this notion of resonance, you know, you're, you find a way to work with someone and it enhances both your communication outside the collaboration, which then enhances the sonic collaboration. In terms of the band experience, that's something else again, you know, uh, uh, semantics was Ned Rothenberg and Sam and I, Sam Bennett and I, and you know, we each contributed equally to the situation. Carbon, I would say was really my band in the sense that I wrote the music for it, but everybody's individual contribution was incredibly welcome. You know, I tried to write, take to the Duke Ellington concept, which is you write for your players you find ways for them to bring their strengths into the situation and to add something of their own. And it, again, it, it increases the resonance. Orchestra projects. You know, I've always loved orchestral music, especially when I first heard that Zanakis record. Uh, it was Zanakis and Penderecki uh, sharing a record on Nonsuch. 
I think it was Pithoprocta by, uh, by Xenakis, and just hearing the possibility of the sounds that you could get from an orchestra. And when the opportunity came, thanks to Bernd Leukert in Frankfurt to write for an orchestra, I thought of it again as an outgrowth of this notion of the guitar as an oscillator and resonator. The orchestra to me is like a very arcane synthesizer with an operating system written in the 16th and 17th century, essentially. So you have to hack it to get it to do what you want. So whereas I might use an algorithmic system when I'm working with carbon or instruction sets, even with a large, with orchestra carbon, when I'm writing for a European orchestra, you have to have every single element in exactly the place you want it. And if you do it with care for that, then you can get some extraordinary sonic effects.
I'm working on some new music as well for Roulette for March 4th. I have a concert. I'll be 70 March 1st. And what I'm trying to do is a series of events over the course of that year. I like to observe certain milestones. And I think 70 is one I did that when I was 60 at Issue Project Rome. And so for this concert at March 4th, I'm writing a new graphic score for CISORG, my ensemble for doing graphic and algorithmic scores, and a new algorithmic piece also for the concert. And there'll be two new solo pieces, one for bass clarinet with electronics and one for guitar electronics. Well, you know, Roulette has always been one of my favorite performance spaces. And the move to Brooklyn created a venue that adds a kind of majesty to whatever you do. I mean, it's such a fantastic room, and especially the sound treatments. It is something that I hope continues to grow and thrive. I mean, really, probably one of our most important new music resources in New York. We have been listening to the music and musical tales of guitarist and composer Elliot Sharp and his concerts recorded at Roulette between 1987 and 2018. These programs are made possible in part with support from the National Endowment for the Arts and the Grammy Museum. This is David Weinstein at the desk. Thanks all. You have been listening to The Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation. This series is produced by Roulette Intermedium. You can find thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's archives and news of upcoming events at roulette.org.